Yep, brilliant. Fantastic. Well, I thought the, uh, the puppet show nativity was, was absolutely superb. It reminded me of a story I heard once about two girls who were best friends and they landed the two plum parts in the nativity play. One was Mary, the other one was Gabriel. And the one who was Gabriel couldn't resist to add little extras through the nativity play. So it came to the first night of the nativity play and, uh, and the angel Gabriel appears to Mary and she says this. Mary, you're going to have a baby, and you need to call him Jesus. Then she adds the little extra. But I wouldn't get to attach to him if I were you, because he'd be dead by Easter. <laughs> My own experience was that I sadly never landed a plum part in a nativity player. I am still receiving therapy for that. Thank you very much. I was a shepherd twice, and a Christmas cracker once. <laughs> See, I went to a very large infant school, and, uh, you know, there, aren't, there just aren't enough parts in the nativity play, are there? So they decided one year that they would have the chorus, the choir, of Christmas crackers. So we were all dressed in crepe paper, you know, with the little faces cut out, and we had to hop <laughs> onto the stage in a long row of us, and all sing our little song, then hop off again. And that was my part in the nativity play. Uh, Back to Mary. She was a girl of about 14 years old and was about to be married when this angel appears to her and tells her that she's going to have a miracle baby and she's to call him Jesus. Case and I, we've got three children and uh, we, were, we took care in choosing the names of our kids. We, we, uh, we actually bought a book about it and uh, one or two entries didn't make it onto the options list. For instance, Kermit Colbrook didn't make it. Uh, and the name had to be something that we liked. It had to be something that had the meaning, a meaning that we liked. And it had to be okay for our kids to live with for the rest of their lives. Those were the three criteria. And, uh, and back in Mary's day, the big deal was what the name would mean. Because it was, there was a sense of what we're going to call our child is going to be a promise, some hope of what they're going to become and what they're going to do in their lives. So what the name Jesus means is key, and it means God saves. God is going to save through this baby. But what does that mean? The idea of God saving actually runs right the way through the story of God's interaction with people that you find in the Bible. The sense of salvation is that uh, somehow we're going to be brought into a spacious place that we're going to be freed from our limitations and the constraints and the confines that sort of hem us in. But also, there was a sense at times that you would be saved by God from particular things. Maybe a disease, or it might be uh, trouble, or it might be the armies of some enemy. That God was going to save. And at different times, through this story that we find in the Old Testament, this happened. But there was also another idea that was beginning to emerge as this was going on. And this was was an idea that behind all of this different salvation, there was an author. There was somebody who was going to do it, come and do this saving and this rescuing. And it was God himself. God was going to break in and continued at different times to break in to people's lives when they were helpless, rather like a shepherd rescuing sheep from a wolf. And this story appeared over and over again. This sense of what God was doing appeared over and over again in the Old Testament. 
And as it did, it also carried with it an underlying promise. And it's something like this. That what we've seen God do in rescuing us in the past, when we were helpless, is a promise that one day in the future, he will break into human history and carry out a full and final rescue of us from all our ills. That was the promise that kept reoccurring through that story in the Old Testament. And these ills, not just physical ailments, but deeper problems like guilt, a sense of not having a purpose, a deep sense of emptiness, these things were going to be things that we were going to be rescued from, ultimately, by God. And there was also a dawning realisation with this, that the key to all of this rescue was that somehow we had to connect with the spiritual side of life. That was going to be the key. Philosophers and religious leaders of all sorts of persuasions had cottoned onto this down the ages. They'd realised that actually we're more than just a physical body. We're more than just you know, a physical body with a well-developed brain that's got emotions and stuff like that in there as well. But there is a spiritual side to life and that somehow connecting with this spiritual side to life was going to be a key to find real well-being, a key to this salvation. And at the time that Mary was hearing from Gabriel about this baby that was going to be born, who was going to be the one to rescue people, the one that God had sent to save people, there were different groups of people who were trying to find different ways where they could make this connection with God. There were mystics. They were all about gaining knowledge. It was a bit like a secret society, really. They kept it to themselves, the knowledge that they'd gained, and in the hope that this, this knowledge would somehow help them to connect with God. They were the Jews. They were the religious ones. And they, for them, keeping an intricate set of rules and regulations was the way to make it with God. It's a bit like earning club card points to get into heaven. That's what they were going for. And for many people, many of us still today, religion somehow, we think, actually, that's going to do it. We're going to earn our club card points and get to heaven. For others, the key was all about exactly how you went about your religious observance and the things that you did. You just had to do it just right in terms of what you did on your little altar and in order to keep God happy. And there were also some who were sort of a bit more secular in their thinking and thinking that somehow salvation was going to be about finding liberty in the political order of the Roman Empire. But when Gabriel appears to Mary, he basically says, None of those are where it's really at. God is going to come and do it. You're helpless and God is going to come and save. And that's what the name Jesus means. It's not about what we do. We're helpless. Just like the stories that Mary will have known from the Old Testament when God's people were helpless and he suddenly broke in and rescued them. It's exactly the same sense. We're helpless and God needs to break in. He needs to take the initiative. He does it when we can't do it ourselves. And that's what the name Jesus means. So Gabriel, when he appears, is announcing, when this little sheep appeared in the public show, he's announcing that this time of rescue, the ultimate rescue that people have been waiting for, has arrived. And God is breaking in to human history and accomplishing it all through this little baby, this little Miracle baby born in a manger. 
for the first 20 years of my life, I was not at all convinced that there was a spiritual side to life or that God existed. I went to university to study physics and uh, a friend of mine returned from the summer vacation in the beginning of our second year to announce to everyone he'd become a Christian. He'd joined what we called the God Squad. Now I thought he was mad. I thought he'd completely lost his marbles. Why would anyone bother to do that? I'd never met anybody who said that they'd become a Christian. And this guy was saying he's become a Christian and he's joined the God Squad. The thing about him was, though, that he changed. He lost this sort of this, a nasty, sarcastic edge that he had. And I thought, to begin with, he'd just been a good religious boy and obeying the rules and regulations, because that's what religion is all about. But it was like this guy was changing from the inside out, and I couldn't get with that. He talked about Christianity not being a religion, not being about following a bunch of sets of rules and regulations, but it was about a friendship, a relationship, a connection that he had made with God. I had never heard anyone talk like that before in my life. He talked about God saving him, saving him from stuff and to stuff. And again, I'd never heard anyone talk like that. He talked about him saving him from guilt and a deep sense of emptiness and a lack of purpose. And then saving him to a sense of life and belonging and freedom and contentment and a deep joy that somehow was beyond and deeper than the everyday ups and downs of life. He would talk in that sort of way. But what really got me wasn't just what this guy said. He introduced me to other Christians who were around in the college where I was living in university. And it wasn't just what they said, it was what they like. What is what they were like. I mean, for me, I always had this impression, I always had this picture in my mind, that a Christian was someone who walked around with this plastic smile on their face permanently, a bit like the Joker in Batman. And that if you ever went up to them and kicked them in the shin, they would just smile sweetly at you and say in a really pathetic, wimpy voice, Oh, I forgive you. The sort of uh, reply that you just want to kick him in the other shin as well when they said it. (laughs) That was my impression of what Christians were about. But these guys, they were normal. In fact, in some ways, they were more than normal. They were were my mates and they became my best friends. But they 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 had a sense of contentment and purpose and excitement about life. They were excited about life and what life would hold. And I had never met anybody like that. And it set me thinking. I decided that I had nothing to lose, and it was worth investigating what this Christianity lark was all about. So I started to read some books. I started to talk to, to my friends. I even went along a couple of times to church meetings with them. And I came to the conclusion over an 18-month period that this baby that was born in a manger and was given the name that God saves actually held the key so my focus went on to Jesus and you know what that little girl who added that stuff in the nativity play don't get too attached to him because he'll be dead by Easter in a way she was right sure she missed out 33 years of his life but that first Christmas his life 
And then 33 and a half years later, that first Easter really do, that's why I found for myself, really do hold the key to making a connection with God that will change your life. They really do. So I remember one morning sitting in my room, I prayed for the second time in my life. The first time in my life had been a couple of years before when I crashed my dad's car and I prayed that that whilst it sat in the garage overnight, a miracle would occur. And all of the dints down one side would get knocked out and it would be just, just as it was before I'd driven it. That prayer was not answered. It was a bit disappointing at the time. I didn't really have any expectation that it was going to be answered. But I prayed, praying and just talking to God. I prayed and talked to God for the second time in my life. I said, okay then, I think you're for real, Jesus. And if you're for real... I want to know for sure. I want to, I want to make that connection with you. I want you to draw close to me. And he did. And he changed my life. I don't know about you. I, I love Christmas. I'm, I'm told that uh, I'm evidently worse than the kids in terms of the levels of excitement I get to. And I'm, I, I'm, I, I get told off for pumping them up. I think... <laughs> Well, why wouldn't you want to pump them up and get excited about Christmas? It's only once a year. Come on. So I came home from... I've been away working this week. I came home and our Susanna, who's, who's 14, has set up the Christmas tree. And we've got this snowman. I mean, it's actually smarter than, it, than I'm going to describe it. it well, the way I'm going to describe it sounds a bit naff, but it, it actually is rather cool, this snowman. And, he's, and he, he lights up and he's got this little carrot nose that lights up and stuff and 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 we've had that years and whenever the snowman comes out that's kind of like the signal christmas is coming come on let's start pumping up uh, and i start i'm getting so and i, and I you know and I, i'm told that as i i get more excited i sort of start bouncing around the house and wandering around and, and pumping the kids up and, and the presents appear under the tree and um they don't put mine under the tree because I feel mine if they do. <laughs> so, yeah, so, so, so I, I, I just love Christmas. I love the sense of fun and friendship together. I love uh, you know, the family coming together. I especially love it uh, when you watch their faces when they open the presents and the pro- surprise ones. One of the best ones we ever got, I think, for, for our Susanna was that uh, she'd had a couple of guinea pigs and she, she, she loved these guinea pigs. She did a fantastic job at looking after them. And we thought, wouldn't it be fantastic if we bought her as an extra surprise Christmas present, a little boy and a little girl guinea pig. And she would be able to breed guinea pigs and have her own baby guinea pigs. So that's what we did. So we managed to get away with it. In the garage, we had sort of two cages that we'd, we smuggled in with a, and, and bought a little boy and a little girl in these cages uh, and kept them there for a week and managed to keep it secret from her. Uh, and so when she opened her present, it was a key to the garage. So she had to go to the garage to find this thing. And she walks in, she goes, oh, you've got me some guinea pig cages. Then she sees a little movement in one of them and realises there are two little guinea pigs, one of each, in there. So uh, we had our first batch of baby guinea pigs, three little baby guinea pigs. Now, they are hard to tell whether they are boys or girls. And uh, so I, you know... You read, you can even go on the internet and it gives you guidance. And I, I tried everything. I was thinking, I am not 100% certain here, and I need to be 100% certain because they're rather like rabbits, guinea pigs. <laughs> so I, I uh, set off and thought, okay, we're going to go to a vet. So I took the three babies to a vet and said, okay, can you tell me whether it's a boy or a girl? So the vet goes through and tells me categorically one girl and two boys. Shows me which one's which. 
I pay her £17 for the, the, the privilege, and off I go home, carefully putting the little girl with the mum and the two little boys together. She was 67% wrong. <laughs> so we had another two batches. Could I put a little boy with a mum and a little boy and a little girl together? <laughs> so we ended up with 12 guinea pigs in our house. So that was a Christmas present. But I love Christmas. It's fantastic. And uh, I love it for all sorts of reasons. But there's this underlying reason. There is this underlying reason. That God is about God breaking into human history. It is the supreme act of love and the supreme offer of friendship that we can connect with him in a way that will change our lives. We just sung, see amid the winter snow. And it describes that moment when God breaks in as redemption's happy dawn. 28 years ago, that's how long it was, I decided that the possibility of a real relationship with God, if you like, redemption's dawn breaking into my life, was worth investigating. And I set about finding out. And it is worth it. Back then, there wasn't something called Alpha around. If you have a look in your new sheet, you can see something called Alpha being talked about. Alpha is a fantastic, it's probably the easiest way to find out and discover for yourself, investigate for yourself without any strings attached, without any pressure. You know, is this for real or not? Maybe we've never thought about it. Maybe for us, all we've ever experienced in our lives before is going to church occasionally and getting a bit of of a dose of religion, rules and regulations, a bit of a feeling of guilt as we walk away. That's not where it's at. That's not authentic friendship with God. Authentic friendship with God is completely different to that. I hope all of us have a great Christmas. I hope I don't get too excited, although I probably will. And I hope we all enjoy celebrating together redemption's happy dawn. And as we do, let's have a think about what that really means and whether there is that possibility of connecting with God for ourselves.